Welcome to the 1823 podcast from LJMU. This year, we are celebrating 200 years of LJMU. In this podcast, we'll be talking to some of our female alumni and fellows about their career successes and inspirations. My name is Julia Dare. I'm a former international undergrad student from LGMU and I'm from Italy. I was also the president of Jomo Students' Union and I'm now part of the diversity and inclusion team, as well as doing a PhD on the side, always here at LGMU. I'm very excited to be talking to three other women who are joining me today. So let's start with introductions. Beth, um, I'll start with you if that's okay. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with LJMU? Of course. Uh, so I'm Beth Tunnell, former Olympic gymnast and world champion gymnast. Um, I studied at John Moores um, from 2004 until 2007. Um, best years of my life. I constantly look back and reminisce on it. Um, and I am now a co-founder and managing director of Beth Tunnell Gymnastics. Very nice. I love how you've just told us in the same sentence that you've gone to the Olympics and also your years at LGMU were the best years of your life. <laughs> I mean, I think that's that's absolutely a great start. Um, and and you were also awarded a uh, fellowship with the university. I was. Yeah, that was. It, it's a massive honour. I mean, obviously. John Moore's had a huge part in my career, both academically, but also sporting. I was one of the first sports scholars um, mm -hmm. on the programme. Um, and it allowed me to combine an academic career, but also a sporting career, and also allowed me to show that it is possible to achieve both in the sporting world, but also in an academic world. And then obviously, um, kind of take both parts of that into a, a career afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was a it was a huge honor to kind of have that. Um, yeah, that honour. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. And next up we have Selma, Selma Mazzara. Yes. So I started as an undergrad in 2018, um, finished at 2021, and then I'd done my master's in 2021 till 2022. So like it was just ongoing. Um, I really enjoyed my time at John Moore's, not going to lie. It was like the best time. Um, I made like friends for life. Um I really like I really did enjoy my time my drama. even though I was like living at home I still like experienced that like uni life which is so good um but yeah really enjoy myself amazing and I hear you're also massive on TikTok yes uh, we'll talk a little bit about that instead of Nike later on but okay. yeah yeah I'm, I'm not on TikTok myself but oh, my no, brother you showed to get me on your it. channel <laughs> I'm not. wow I'm, I'm impressed oh thank you um so yeah, yeah. and finally uh we have Angela and Samato hi hi so my relationship with LJMU, well, my relationship with the Moores family actually goes back much further than my relationship with LJMU. So I used to run the John Moores Painting Prize at the Walker Art Gallery. So I've been um, connected to the Moores family and worked with the Moores family um, and John Moores um, Foundation for a long time and um, absolutely loved it. And then I just had the great honour um, exactly as Beth said, you know, of receiving an honorary fellowship from LJMU. Um, and and it just, you know, standing up there, I don't know how you felt, Beth, but standing up there in front of a thousand people and, you know, hearing that 
hearing what's said about you in the introduction, it was kind of complete imposter syndrome. You know, it's kind of looking behind me thinking, okay, who are they talking about? Um, but it's just been so incredible to be linked with the university and I've kind of guest lectured here and um, just really love the the ethos of, of the university, really, that the level of inclusion, um, just when I walk around, like just seeing the range of age range of students here you know I just um, really love it so for me it, it's just an incredible honour to be to be linked with the university. Amazing mm. thank you all so much mm. for that. Um, so all three of you I imagine are an inspiration uh, in your own different fields to quite a lot of women but when it comes to sort of you personally um, who would you say your female inspirations are and how have they changed over time? And sort of while you think about that, I'll tell you mine is Nisha Katona. So she's the Chancellor of the University and that's not the reason, you know, I'm not kind of trying to sell, sell that bit. But um, I don't know if you know much about Nisha. She is the founder of Mowgli. Um, which is an incredibly, yes, exactly, <laughs> incredibly successful um, uh, chain of restaurants um, across the UK. Um, and, you know, she does so much charity work and she's just really involved both in sort of the Merseyside community, but but beyond. She does a lot of work linking in India. Um, and yeah, and she was a barrister for 20 years and I don't know how she's done all of that. You know, I've I've obviously not the same, but, you know, I've gone through, like, starting a career and then at one point kind of realising I liked other things. I really enjoyed that aspect. Um, but, but yeah, that's that's kind of mine. You know, Nisha's gone on to, to do incredible things. And um, and it's and, and I met her when she was given her uh, honorary fellowship. I, I was on stage with her, which was mm. in itself incredible. Um, but, yeah, but over to you. Um, who is your sort of female inspiration and has, has it changed over time? I think for me, you know, for years I was always looking like into the art world, you know, looking at my seniors and, and looking at the people who were real trailblazers in the art world. But actually, I think as time's gone on, I've recognised that actually my real inspiration is like right here. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the women around me who have enabled me to do all of the things that I do you know like I I haven't done anything alone like in the art world I have been surrounded by incredible women but also when you know I have dual careers I I work in the art world but also I work in mental health and I specifically in um, suicide prevention Mm -hmm. and there are women in the art world um, who enabled me to have that dual career so when I was working at National Museums Liverpool I was given the opportunity to sit as part of the all-party parliamentary group um, looking at suicide prevention in England and Wales but what I needed was time what I didn't have was time and so it was one of my seniors in the gallery world a woman who saw that knew that I had two kids knew that I just needed a li- I just needed to find those extra hours mm-hmm. in the day mm-hmm. yeah so I was given uh, f- four half day unpaid leave sessions that I could use to go and sit in parliament and it, you know it's that kind of thing for me that is much more important than anybody I had a poster on my wall of when I was Mm -hmm. younger Mm -hmm. it's those women those enablers and I think 
Madeline Albright, for me, absolutely summed it up when she said there is a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I am yeah. fortunate to be surrounded by women who have always given me a step up, who, who've always seen what I've needed, seen how important it is to me, and have enabled me. They, they've been my enablers to, to be able to do the work. So for me, I see... I see my inspiration in the women around me that mm-hmm. that raise me up. Yeah. And I hope that I do that back for them as well. But, you yeah. know, it's uh, Madeline's words are, are never far from my from mm-hmm. my head. It's about being perceptive, right? It's yeah, about yeah. sort of recognising this is what is needed. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and it's not... Uh, it doesn't have to be a massive change, no. but it's uh, it's clearly helped. It can just be the smallest thing, the smallest thing that somebody thinks actually she needs a little bit more time. She needs, mm-hmm. you know, she needs somebody to do that to enable her to follow her passion and to do what she really believes in. And it's the it's those women every single day that see that mm-hmm. that I think are really my true inspiration. And I'm very very fortunate to be surrounded by them. Amazing. Thank you so much. What about you, Selma? Um, I don't really like have like a celebrity or like a figure. I always mm-hmm. refer back to my mum just because like my mum's not like from an educational background and like she did want to be, but fortunately things got in the way, etc. So she's always like pushed us. Like she's got we've I've got three sisters, so she's got four girls, and she's always pushed us to like just to reach our potential and just to go out like go out and just do our things, like etc. So I think. Like, it's definitely is me mum, because, like, she is, she's always inspiring and she's always, like, teaching me things and, like, especially life lessons as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's so valuable because, like, I am young, but she's taught me so much that even, like, some of my friends are, like, some of you are so mature, but I'm just... It's because of the lessons that me mum's taught me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm always so, like, I'm grateful for that and she's just amazing. So, yeah, definitely me mum. H- yeah. Have you always felt that, though? Because I remember, like just not even what my mum anywhere really? near the school no. gates you know really? what I mean <laughs> and now I look back and I just think she's amazing yeah you know? I think <laughs> I think it's all my mum's always been like it's always been my mum so it's always been us yeah. four girls and my mum in one house yeah. so it's always just she's always someone I spoke to um she's like one of my best mates like she knows everything she's like I've always felt obviously there was like when teenage years when I was like in you know secondary school yeah. like neb like mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. stay out with my mates after school yeah. and stuff like that but no she's like she's just amazing and I'm like I'm so grateful for her like she pushes me and like um, unfortunately within the Yemeni culture or like even as a like obviously because I am a Muslim um, there's people are unfortunate to have families where they are quite mm-hmm. restricted um, mm-hmm. but. I always say, like, I'm grateful that my mum's got an open mind and she's always mm-hmm. been, like, open ears for us us girls. So, yeah, I'm really... My mom, I would say my mum's my inspiration, yeah. So, yeah. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I obviously was in sport from a, a very young age, but it wasn't in the sport of gymnastics. It was mm-hmm. um, Kelly Holmes, um, Paula Radcliffe, just because they had, they achieved amazing results, but they didn't have that... Um, fluid journey to get there there was Mm -hmm. ups there was downs Mm -hmm. there was challenges but I remember being at various competitions with them and I was in Athens when Kelly um, was double Olympic champion and she spoke to me on the flight home and just having that time of day for me and just made me realize you know what they're just normal people that have worked hard um, so I kind of always looked at that and go, do you know what, they've, they've had the ups and the downs, but they've still achieved their dreams. 
so mm-hmm. why can't I do that? Um, and even though I retired 10 years ago now, it's not necessarily that the person has changed. Um, I think I've kept those, those same principles. Mm-hmm. So even in business, I mean, we've all been through a tough few years with COVID, yeah. but I remember sitting in the boardroom as that kind of whole journey was on, unfolding and you're thinking, right, the whole country's going into lockdown. I have a gymnastics business that we deliver to children face-to-face so mm-hmm. that is my whole business sure yeah um but my mentality was it's I'm an athlete there's this obstacle in a way what's the solution so I still went back to that mentality of what I picked up from them mm-hmm. um so the people are still there the principles yeah. are still the same and you don't always hear about those downs you know you were talking about <laughs> ups and downs but people don't necessarily Highlight share them. that yeah mm-hmm. yeah um I think for myself, the, the biggest disappointment was 2008. I mm-hmm. was heading out to the Olympics hoping for an Olympic medal. I finished in fourth, which, don't get me wrong, is an incredible position, but it is, as any athlete will tell you, the worst position to finish. You're so close, but you're so far yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now, to this day, I've still never watched that routine um, because of the the heartache that it came with. And mm. mm-hmm. I was 23 at the time. At the time, that was seen as old for yeah. a female male gymnast so kind of I did an interview a couple of hours after Beijing and everyone said are you going to continue to London and I kind of laughed as it say you're joking I'm, I'm mm-hmm. old now I'm 23 like mm-hmm. 27 will be um well past it um but going away reflecting going on holiday processing that whole disappointment I knew in my heart that I couldn't give up on that dream and the person that stood by me the whole time, yes, my family were there, but it was my coach, Amanda. She took me on at the age of 12 and has quite openly said um, Mm -hmm. since I retired that I was nothing special. I was just willing to work hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was the one that was there day in, day out, picking up the pieces if it had gone wrong, but also if I was getting too giddy and too excitable, she she knew how to kind of control that. Yeah. so I guess I used that inspiration from her to go, we we can achieve that dream still mm-hmm. in four years' time. And I think if you speak to any person, whether they're in sport, whether it's in arts, cultures, there will never have been a smooth journey. I think oh, anyone no, will lie to you that mm-hmm. if they have had that smooth journey, mm-hmm. amazing. But mm-hmm. ultimately, someone, everyone has had a setback. And it's, oh, yeah. it's how you react to that setback absolutely um, I couldn't agree more and when I talk to kids now that that's the message I give to them do you know what it's fine to fail that's not an mm-hmm. issue it's how you react to that failure and using those people that you know of how to pick yourself back up and mm-hmm. to move on with it yeah and I think there's actually a lot and maybe a lot more in failure than, than in oh, success totally. Um, in in failure or just in the downs you know whatever it it might be but um, it's I think it's you see yourself in those moments you see how you react like you were saying and then you understand a bit more about yourself and you think okay x has (laughs) happened you know but how am I going to sort of respond to this Um, and that leads us quite nicely into my next kind of question for you which is around sort of transitions so 
You, Selma, so you've finished university now and yeah. you're sort of about to graduate. Yeah. A lot of change is happening in your life. Um, the both of you are mothers. We were talking about motherhood sort of briefly before we started. Um, so talking about sort of challenges in life, have you had any sort of moments of transition and, and challenges that have really impacted your career? And yeah, could you tell me a bit more about that? There's always like setbacks, but like Beth said, there's always like ways where you can get back up and just not give up, etc. Um, in terms of me, like I've had days in uni where like I didn't want to do the work and stuff like that. I feel like I'm, it's just I don't know. I, I haven't had something hit me yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm like grateful for now. Yeah, but I know it's gonna hit me soon, so I've got to like be strong for it. <laughs> um, it might not. It you might, might not. just have like an amazingly like, like, charmed life. <laughs> it might not, but yeah, I've like I've always got. Don't to bring prepared. it on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like obviously I've went through the phase where like you know you lose friends. You you know mm-hmm. I've like, went through like them phases. Yeah. Um, in terms of like my job, for example. Yeah. I don't like a job. I just left, and I went on to something else. Mm-hmm. I don't like the job. I left. I went on to mm-hmm. something else. Like I, I yeah. don't like can't like make myself stressed out and yeah. like if I get a setback, I'll just leave mm-hmm. and move on. I mean, you did kind of do a degree in in lockdown, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, I mean, that's that's not the easiest yeah. sort of thing, you know, to to do because it's a very different experience to yeah. kind of what you had before undergrad. Yeah, so that in itself is sort of a challenging time. But to be fair, know. that was actually quite challenging. <laughs> um, it was I like getting taught face to face, and like that's how I just learn. Yeah. Um. So it was so hard doing it like on Zoom, and, and it's not the lecturer's fault either, Absolutely. and it's not our fault. It's just. Yeah the circumstance unfortunately that we were in um but even in terms of graduation my graduation was pushed back as well which was so like guttering because my sisters were meant to fly in yeah and like they cancelled it was I just know. so awkward like everything was just awkward mm. during the lockdown um but yeah i mean i'm i got graduated and i'm grateful mm. um mm-hmm. i prefer it like that so i can tell my kids like yeah, i went through lockdown absolutely. and covid <laughs> yeah it's to be fair it was bro- <laughs> it was very dramatic don't yeah. you think don't walk out the door you'll get a fan yeah i ended up getting a fan like it, yeah. it was very dramatic <laughs> but, but yeah yeah what what about you um transition is i mean the biggest transition is obviously going from an elite performing athlete mm-hmm. um i'd known nothing other than education and gymnastics since i was seven yeah. years old um, and then coming into 2012, I knew in my heart that was the last event. Mm-hmm. I achieved my Olympic dream. I kind of rode that roller coaster of fun and success afterwards. Um, did Dancing on Ice, which was a whole new experience and absolutely loved it. And it took me a year to the day of performing to to officially announce my retirement. And it sounds mm-hmm. crazy at 28 kind of announcing a retirement, but... Even a few months before, I said to my coach, how, how do I make this official? And I, I couldn't genuinely say the words retire because day in, day out, my whole life was focused around gymnastics, what I ate, when I went on holiday, how I socialised. And don't get me wrong, that was my choice. I loved it and I would not change that. But to suddenly come away from that and not 
not have that routine. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I was very much a routine person, even before I was like a high level gymnast. So to suddenly have the choice of when I went on holiday or where I went on holiday um, was for a lot of people it's what is your identity yes because even to this day people say kind of what's what's your role and I'm like well I've got a job role now but for five to six years it was kind of like I'm a former athlete I was Mm -hmm. I was still riding off that 20 year journey um I do think I I say I was lucky I had a huge support network around my parents from a young age were very keen on me keeping my education up which obviously there was never a question that I would go to university it was kind of just built in me that I did Mm -hmm. my GCSEs I did my A-levels and I went to university Mm -hmm. even though I was also trying to be an elite level athlete there was there was no question that I wouldn't go to uni um and then also I had backup plans. I I'd set up my business in 2009, 2010-ish. Um, so for three years whilst I was still training, that business was kind of going on in the background. There was people running it for me. I did what I could when I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that gave me something to focus on. But that that was a whole new world. I went from being an elite performer where I knew my job, I knew my business, I trained for what I did, to sit in a boardroom with people throwing business jargon at me. I used to literally write notes. I think people thought I was writing notes about the presentation and the board meeting. I was actually writing, what does this mean? And writing the notes down and coming out and I would phone my dad because he's in that world. And I just said what does this mean and I would chat it through with him and he he taught me he's like Beth why are you ringing me just ask they they understand that you're not in that business world Mm -hmm. and you're learning and it it taught me to to go back to that seven-year-old of learning everything and no questions ever a silly question and I really try and emphasize that to my team now of do you know what I've been in a meeting and you can see people some people are just processing and understanding what you're putting down and some people like I can see that look of that's what I did (laughs) so I'm like are you sure you understand that it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if you don't just speak up I'd rather you tell us so I think that was my biggest learning through transition is don't be afraid to ask for help Um, because that's okay going back to that similar theme of failure Mm. it's not failure actually it's failure if you don't ask for the help because then to six months down the line if you've not asked for the support well then you can be challenged on it absolutely and from the outside it feels like yours was and every athlete's life is incredibly structured until it's not And I think it's the same a little bit, you know, in university when you have that structure, you know, you've been in education your whole life and then you're not, you know, you're expected to just kind of (laughs) get a job job kind of thing and and, and all of that. So, you know, it's uh, it's it is it is tough um, sort of thing. Right. And uh, Angela, any transitions? transitions oh, my goodness. And challenges? I kind of just want to know all about your transition, Beth, now. It just it sounds like, <laughs> I can't even imagine what transition it, what it was motherhood, like Transition into motherhood, though. That was a totally different ballgame. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that separately. I'm my, happy to learn. I think my biggest... Well, I've had several transitions, really, yeah. but I think the biggest one was, um, was really what happened with Mark. Like, mm-hmm. when my... Because I... When my partner entered his life it was very very sudden and Mm -hmm. 
nobody saw it coming and because I'd actually spoken to him like 15 minutes before mm-hmm. for me it, in that 15 minutes I became a single parent I became I became everything that these two boys of 13 and 3 were kind of just looking at me and it and that as a transition took a long time to get my head around you know because it was I'd and again just listening to 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 you kind of talk about you know your life and how it's kind of you feel like you haven't had any bumps in the road yet you know I, I kind of had that life before that 15 minutes and for me the transition into being a single parent, being a, a widow. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd never even really thought about that word. I was 32 years old. Mm-hmm. And then having to get up the next morning. You know, I remember sitting there that night and after everybody had left and things had calmed down and I, I just literally needed things to, to to just sink in about what had happened. And I remember hearing my three-year-old get out of bed and I heard him, I knew his routine, he used to get out of bed and I'd heard he was little tiny feet on the on the bedroom floor and he, I heard him come down the stairs and he said to me should we have breakfast and I thought okay this is it this is the rest of my yeah. life now like this this is this enormous thing has happened and yet he still needs breakfast and that's mm-hmm. how we faced every single day and that's what we did. And the boys now are 22 and 33 and both came home during lockdown and neither are showing any sign of leaving like, at all. They're like totally loving it. But that transition was huge. And and I think it was one of those things that you just you just go on autopilot in a way because you've mm. got to get through it because yeah. your three-year-old wants breakfast, your 13-year-old yeah, is starting high school, you know, whatever. Mm. And so I think for me, that transition taught me such a lot because in my life since then, in the 20 years, I can't believe I'm saying 20 years since then, every other transition has been okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, like when you don't get the job that you want or when you things don't go your way, exactly what you said, Beth, you know. For me, it's like, okay, but we dealt with that. So mm-hmm. I think there's a great... Um, there's a great power in just cutting yourself some slack sometimes and just mm. remembering actually I've gone through really really tough stuff before so yeah. we we've we've got this mm-hmm. you know and I, I just think there's like a massive lesson there yeah I like what you said about autopilot because I think you absolutely sort of end up in that space mm-hmm. and um and that's okay because yeah. it's just like protection like you need absolutely. you, and you, you, need, that you need that in order mm-hmm. to carry on functioning so yeah. So transitions are, are, are funny because it's kind of, I always think of that one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And yeah, so we, we don't always choose our transitions. Mm. Our transitions kind of happen. Um, they choose us. But I think they, uh, sort of in your case, mm. um, I, I know you did lots lots of art before, mm. like you mentioned. Mm. And now you sort of have those two um, yeah. kind of aspects. Yeah. And yeah. Um, um, before this, I sort of I wanted to watch um, your documentary, mm. and unfortunately, it's not available. I was really upset about that. You can, um, you, there's a link <laughs> on my Twitter. Okay. So go on my Twitter. That's the link. Do not watch it on YouTube because there's so many dodgy versions of it on YouTube. <laughs> right. Like okay. they, like they, they, they <laughs> you, you know, know. <laughs> you're fully in there, and then it cuts the last ten minutes off, mm. or it just repeats like a weird section in the middle. Or I mean, go to my YouTube. It's it, mm-hmm. it, to my um, Twitter. It's that's the version to to watch. Yeah. 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 Um, but I was going to add mm. that uh, I just saw a little snippet and yeah. in one of those I think you said something like grief is a fingerprint 
it yeah. is sort of it's very I think very personal very different for, yeah. for people um, and and I've not experienced what you've experienced mm. but I have experienced um, uh, death if you will yeah and and it was a complete shock for me too yeah. and so that that ha- that doesn't you know changes changes mm. you kind of mm. kind of completely so it does but then I've got like Again, like 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 all of us here, you know, having that, having people come to you asking you to talk about your lived experience, asking mm-hmm. you, you know, using your lived experience in a, in a positive way, hopefully, oh, yeah. um, is incredibly rewarding. Like mm-hmm. being able to look another woman in the eye and say, actually, I know how you feel. Yeah, you know, I've been there, and this is what helped me, and this is what definitely didn't help me, mm-hmm. but. Being in that position feels like such a privilege. You know, when, when mm. somebody says to me, I've never told anyone this, but I've felt like yes. this, it feels like a privilege. You know, it doesn't yeah. feel like a job or, or a chore. It feels like a privilege. And um, it just feels like an incredible thing to be able to to give back to all the women who helped me because mm-hmm. there were so many of them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and I guess you sort of navigate through like through these transitions, through challenges, but also through a lot of the positives, um, if you will. So I sort of wanted to talk a bit about briefly, I'm going to combine two things into one. If you can tell me about a highlight, maybe, um, and you've kind of mentioned some of those, um, at least Beth, you, you have spoken about that in your career, um, but also some of those challenges and, say, barriers and how would you break them down? I think one of the biggest challenges, I'll just, I'm just going to put mm-hmm. it out there because we've all probably felt it in this room, um, is when there's nothing worse than when you are doing the work and you're really doing the work and you get a guy who comes along and absolutely <laughs> takes credit for it. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and honest to God, it is one of my absolute pet hates. Mm-hmm. Like, I spend my life saying thank you to everybody because, because yes. I hate it, you know, yeah. when, you, when you've done the work and you've, like, come up with the idea and then you hear from the stage, like, someone else taking I mean, you know that that that's my that's my biggest challenge to kind of I hate it when that happens. Hate it. Fair enough. It. And I yeah, I think uh, I think we've all. I I don't want to speak on behalf of the group, yes. but yeah. I I can definitely relate yeah. to that. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yes, I've been lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I think also I I've been in a sport where it's it's female orientated, mm, yeah. and actually we're trying to encourage more boys into the sport so I've seen it from the other angle of mm-hmm. um, from a participation level yeah. that um, there is naturally more girls in our sport at the minute um, and ultimately we've had to work hard the flip side yeah. to create those role models both on the female side which London 2012 did a huge amount for not only for gymnastics but for female sport Um and then we've had to work hard to create the role models on the the male side. Um, and then within my kind of business, I've actually, I've been mentored a lot by um, male characters mm-hmm. and they've taught me a lot. So it's, yeah, I, I think mm. I've been lucky that I've never had that situation where I've done something and someone's took mm. that credit away mm. from me. But yeah. I guess when I was competing, <laughs> it was very obvious that <laughs> yeah. it was me up there competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think you've got to give credit where credit is due, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And like you were saying at the start, I think once you make it, 
you have to bring others along. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to bring other women uh, along. Um, you see, you say you have to, but there's so many people that who don't. don't. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. I think it's because we're like really like-minded, but I yeah. think there's so mm-hmm. many people who, who who don't. Yeah, I know. Um, well, <laughs> I think I guess Beth, what your um, organization does, and well, I work in higher education, and that's kind of what I'm seeing here as well. Um, we're really trying to like open up that access and that participation bit, yeah. and. If I think about sort of gender equality more specifically, you know, we we don't see that, mm. you know, and and for me that's something that I'd really like to see a lot more of. You know, we don't think about intersectional personalities mm. and and characteristics. Um, I don't know. That's that's mm. kind of what I mm. would would mm. personally mm. like like to mm. see. Um, what about yourselves? Um, in the future, I'd definitely like to see more like Muslim women just. Um, kind of like get themselves out there mm-hmm. like in the business world the corporate world the fashion world just I feel like just like there's not a lot of like people out there that look like me that dress like yeah. me that like have the same um morals and you know that are like I wouldn't say like me that yeah. everyone's got their own characteristics and they all everyone is unique mm. But definitely, I would love to see, like, the Muslim community just kind of, like, not be scared or shy away from, like, something that's good for them. Mm. And just, like, take the opportunity as it goes. Because, you know, in the past, I've had, like, times where, like, people will put the two pence in and, like, they'll say, like, oh, you know, you're Muslim. Do you really want, like, you know, be on the screen? And, like, you know, men will look at you. And, like, you know, there's weird mindsets, by the way, like, in the community. Mm. And I'm just like, well, so what, like if they're looking that's their own yeah it's not on you it's not on me yeah yeah. like if I'm doing something that I'm proud of my family's proud of my mum's proud of you know I've got amazing people like by my side and I just feel like yeah I just I just I hope like one day we can see like more female leaders that are Muslim because not a Mm -hmm. lot are at the moment I think like I said before they do shy away um so yeah, I'm going off script a little bit, but yep. can you tell us a bit more about your campaign? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so I've done I've done the night campaign um, for LFC. So I've done the 2022 2023 kit launch um, campaign. Yeah, that was amazing. I feel like that's all they talk about lately. I'm just so proud of it. I'm just like yeah, <laughs> yeah. How did that happen? Um, TikTok. So I actually got approached by someone that works um, at Nike, one of the mm-hmm. marketers. And he saw me on TikTok, and I, like I mentioned, like I do support Liverpool and stuff like that. Um, and it all started from like he was just gifting me um, like season tickets, like game tickets. I mean, and and then this was like during Ramadan last year, and like I got a message, and he was it was like, um, "Hey, are you free next week? Can't tell you the location, but like we've got a shoot coming up." <laughs> Yeah, that is so, so I was like woo. no I felt like such like a, like a celebrity I was like yeah. okay <laughs> I was like I was so happy and then I was like tell me mom she was like yeah but be careful she was like you know could be sketchy yeah. or whatever yeah. um so I was like okay like I'm free I got the location sent like a day before um to be honest I had to ask I was like I just need to know if I need to fill petrol in my car like do I need to go like mm-hmm. to Manchester, yeah, to like yeah, yeah. London, or is it like in Liverpool? It's like no, don't worry, to Liverpool. Um, so I was like, okay, that's fine. So they sent me the location. I pulled up. Um, to be honest, I thought it was just a normal kid shoot. Um, so I just thought I didn't think there'll be like the players or the manager. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then obviously I saw the players and I saw yeah. the manager and I was like, um, am I supposed to be here right yeah. now? Because <laughs> I was like, I was the only, um, I would say, normal person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like a player. There was like Liverpool girl, like women players, and mm-hmm. like, but I was the only just normal one. So I was like, why am I here? Like, this is so just weird. Because you're a fan. I know, That's but what... I was just like, this is so weird. I was like, am I supposed... And then Jürgen Klopp comes and I'm like, he's talking to me and he was like, um, oh, it's just amazing. Like, it was just the best day ever. Um, yeah, I can't, like, I can't fault that day. I was fasting that day as well. Mm-hmm. And um, this was when Mane was actually in, in the team. Yeah. And he was, he's a Muslim himself mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. fasting. So we were, like, bonding over, like, that, we were yeah. both fasting and there was, like, a cupcake stand and we were, like, oh, no, we would love to eat that, but yeah. we can't. And yeah. it was just, it was honestly the best day ever. Like, I walked out to that, um, like, I think it was, like, I wouldn't say a warehouse, like, it's where they film, like, these movie things. Mm-hmm. Walked out and called my mum straight. I was like, "Oh my god, I've just met the players. I took selfies with them. Bye." And I was literally like, <laughs> ran to the house. Yeah, it was the best thing ever. So for the next sort of bit, I have a couple of questions that have come in from social media. So earlier this week, we put up a couple of posts on Instagram and and so on. Um, so here we are. What is your favourite memory as a student at LJMU? And Selma, I'm going to start with you because, you know, you've just finished, so you're fresh. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, Favourite memory is graduating. Honestly, I think think wearing the graduation gown and, like, them people, like, that help you put the cap on. It's just, Mm -hmm. like, and then throwing the cap, it was just, like, amazing. And to be fair, I always wanted to, like, graduate anyway and just to wear the whole outfit. Yeah. You come out and your family just, like, <laughs> looks at you and they're like, whoa. And I'm just like, yes, thank you. Wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> and now you get to do it all over again, again in March. Yes. So exciting. Exciting. Yeah. Do you have your outfit? I don't, now, And it's literally this month. But it's fine, I'll pull something off. I'll try you. Yeah, thank you. Looking forward to it. Yes. And Angela? I think my favourite um, part of the... And I wasn't really sure whether I was going to do it or not, so I had to... Because ch- I, I kind of hadn't checked it out with anyone first, but when I was given the honorary, I um, asked all of the um, graduates to stand and I read what they were thanking their parents and their loved ones for. And so they all stood and then they got a round of applause and then I, I asked them to sit, which is like a bit kind of crazy when when there's like a thousand people in the cathedral and then I asked all of the parents and the loved ones and everybody who was in the audience to stand and I read what I wanted them to thank their students for and and then we got had a big round of applause and um and then they all sat down again and it was just a beautiful moment where everybody just spent a minute just thinking about what each other meant and it was just a lovely thing so I was really glad that I managed to pull that off I wasn't quite sure right up until the second that I did it I thought oh are they really if I say stand up is everybody really going to stand up (laughs) but um but then they did so it was really lovely and um yeah really enjoyed that thank you and Beth favorite memory um mine is actually kind of the house that I lived in. So I lived with other sports scholars who kind of obviously understood the journey you were going on, but just the memories of the fun. We lived together for three years and, yeah, I look back at those moments and, like, you kind of duvet days on a Sunday and um, arguing over who's doing the washing up yeah, and yeah. total student life. Um yeah, I think just that that whole stepping away from being at home and mm-hmm. learning 
valuable life life lessons but yeah definitely the memories and the people that I lived with we are still really good friends now we've been to each other's weddings and christenings of kids and so yeah it's really nice that they weren't just friends for those three years yeah that journey has continued yeah you definitely make friends for life and I feel Mm -hmm. like everyone said that to me when I started uni and you know you think is that you know (laughs) are they just kind of saying it but but it's true you know I graduated a few years ago and you keep in touch with the same people and it's also I think really cool to see where people end up and what Mm -hmm. they sort of you know go on go on to do yeah because life is sort of they're so different um right thank you so much so we'll go back to uh uni questions and LGMU questions in in a second but before I do that I have another question for you Beth um, and it's about music. So when you used <laughs> to compete, <laughs> don't worry, it's not a okay. test. But when you used to compete, did you have a song that you would listen to to get into the zone? So it really fascinates people that I'm not into music at all. So I will just listen to whatever's on the ra- on the radio. So when I was preparing for competition, to be honest, I never really had music. It was more either reading a book or um, kind of doing a crossword or a word mm. search just anything that was n- nothing to do with gymnastics yeah. so yeah it's a music, quiet moment yeah, yeah. just I, I was very antisocial didn't really talk to people just kept myself to myself so yeah music wasn't a big factor in my my career at all and it still isn't to this day fair enough but more yeah just concentrate clock everything out happy in my own, yeah, <laughs> my own thoughts. thoughts nice nice very nice okay so um we're gonna finish off with some uh quick fire questions okay so these are about liverpool and about lgmu so i'll just sort of shout it out and again just quick quick okay. fire response early bird or night owl when it comes to studying work oh night owl. night yeah early bird Oh, okay. Totally okay. <laughs> I'd rather get up at five and do more work. I'm I'm a night owl as well, so that was definitely the <laughs> correct response. <laughs> Avril or Alden Roberts Library? Alden Roberts. I agree. I can't remember which is which. How bad's that? Which is the little one here? Alden. Okay, I like the big one. Avril, I see, okay. I'll be like any library. Because okay. one of my things when I when I was given the fellowship, one of the things I asked for was it a library pass. That <laughs> <laughs> <Nice. Yeah. laughs> is that is a good ask. That is a good ask. My little girl loves going to the library yeah. now. Aww. But I don't live near here, so <laughs> it's not a university. But, you know, Aldam now, this is, again, sorry, off script, so I'll be really quick. But Aldam now has a sort of children's section. Oh, does it? Um, so, yeah, so if you ever oh. are around this town, um, yeah, it's quite new and it's really nice. It's oh. really set up. So. Yeah, she loves it. She loves oh. books. Cool. Okay, Albert Dock or Sefton Park? Sefton Park. Sefton Park. Yeah, Sefton Park. Oh, really? I would have said the docks. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm from a place by the sea, so for me, just seeing water is really, (laughs) really calming. I mean, it's gorgeous, but I feel like Mm. I like nature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's too many buildings, and you bump into people. Mm. Yeah. Sefton's just quiet. It's so quiet. It's so nice. Right, okay, so... Again, I'm not from here, so uh, this is a genuine question, and I don't, you know, this is up for debate. <laughs> is it a barm, a bap, or a roll? <laughs> None. It's a batch. It's yeah. a batch. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what they mean. A bread roll. A bread roll. Yeah, a bread. just a bread roll. Yeah, just a bread. Okay. Yeah. No. A one. bun. 
bread bun. A bun. Like a, you know, like a burger. Yeah. Bun. Yeah. A brioche I'm, bun. Oh, brioche. A that's, brioche. A, that's a total other level. This is a whole other yeah. that, That's like the, the like, <laughs> That's the posh oh, yeah, I like brioche. <laughs> that's, I would have said a bun as well. Mm. But yeah, I've heard so many different things. And, uh, bread roll. That, yeah. I can't do the brioche. It's like eating like a cake. It's like savoury and sweet at the oh, same time. Like man. I can't do it. You know, I was like brought up in the seventies. I need like a sesame batch. That's it. Oh sesame <laughs> seed one. I don't sesame. like the flowery yeah. ones, so Oh no. Mm. They get everywhere. Yeah. I didn't know you could think about a crispy like a crisp sandwich, you know, oh, before yeah. I came oh, here. Tuna sandwich like... with crisps. Oh yeah. Tuna. Yeah. Tuna sandwich I've with salt and vinegar crisps. There you are. I also like dip me me crisps into like um, I actually learned this in uni. Um, <laughs> you know, pasta Tesco meal deals. Yeah. <laughs> like, no way. Okay, I haven't heard That's that like one. You're talking to the Italian <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're fine. Just kidding. That's like all the carbs. I know. Like, I just love it. It's everything. I've it. never done that either. It's so like, nice. Try it. My mate's okay. weird as well. She eats like um, I wouldn't say weird. She's just got a weird taste. Um, she likes chocolate and crisps together. I can kind of see that. I mean, it's it's definitely. I've tried it. <laughs> That's all I can say. I've tried this it. podcast. I'm going to end it up. Right. Okay. Right. Last question, and Selma. I think I know the answer, but you know, we'll see. Liverpool FC or Everton? Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh, come on. It's Liverpool, of course. Thank I'm you. Okay, well, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you. And, um, yeah, I hope, I kind of hope you had a good time. We had a bit of a laugh at the end, uh, <laughs> which was, which is quite cute. Um, but, yeah, we are sort of celebrating the LJMU 200 years and, um, and sort of talking about gender equality. Um, you've all, yeah, had very different experiences and sort of brought so much um, to us and, and to LJMU. So, again, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yeah.